We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partners in crime, Brock Davis and Nate Green. Boys, fellows, we got the brooms out. How you doing? Sweet. Yeah, good day. Sweet. Good. Exciting. Now, now I, I don't want to say 
that we were like, kind of right, but yeah, kind of right. Yeah. They played well. The right time. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. I think, we, I think we pounded Jack a lot harder than all of the, all of us thought we were let's, going to. Let's, yeah. let's watch how we say those kind of things. Okay. Well, so you know what I mean. <laughs> keep it keep it PG here. We uh we we hit very well off of uh yes. Mr. Jack Flaherty, the starting hit. pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. They hit well in general. Um, I'll stand by it. I hope he's in Angels uniform next year. Um, as he is a free agent. Same. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he's a good pitcher. He just you know uh, some injuries have hit him along the way, but regardless. Angels get the sweep against the St. Louis Cardinals, a very good St. Louis Cardinals team. Am I frozen again? Or are you guys both just not looking at me? Okay, cool. No, I just want to make sure. You guys scared me there. You guys are both looking away, and I was like, no. Nah. That's a little unstable for me. So, no, you always like to catch me off guard with, with stuff I'm not expecting. So, I'm just, you know, refreshing my brain right in the moment, yeah. you know? Yeah, big series, big, big, big series. Uh, like I said, swept. I got a question for you guys, though, with uh, game two of the series, Mikey Trout. It's the go-ahead home run, first go-ahead home run in, I believe, the ninth in no first go-ahead home run in the ninth inning or later, seventh inning or later. Forgot what the mm. stat was. Jeff Fletcher threw it out there. I think it was, a, I think it was, it was since a, July of last year. July of 2015. Good try, though. Was it uh, 2015? Yes. Wow. First time he had a game go-ahead or game-winning home run in the ninth inning or later. Wow. That does not so, feel like it would be that long. With that being said. Is Mike Trout clutch? Nate, I'll start with you. Yeah, he is. Um, everyone just remembers his his strikeouts and things like that. But to be fair, he doesn't get as many opportunities as you would like for your superstar. Like he does not get the you know second and third one out in the eighth inning tie game because they don't pitch to him. Like they don't really have they haven't had guys behind him that have been hitting, so it doesn't make sense. Um, Otani has typically been hitting in front of him until, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it's hard because sometimes people are like, oh, oh, we need Trout to try to hit a home run. We're down one and he, he walks and it's like, oh, he's not clutch. It's like, what, what do you mean? Like you want him to swing out of the zone and pop up or swing out of the zone and strike out. So like, yeah. I, I think for who he is and what he does in those opportunities, he is a very, very good baseball player. He's clutch. Um, and and honestly, if you were to look at other guys, like I'm sure if you look at Judge's numbers, if you look at um, Acuna's numbers, fill in the blank with whoever you want, Bryce Harper, like they're all going to be similar-ish when it comes to numbers like that. Yeah, absolutely. As I'm, as I'm going to be pulling up some stats here, um, Brock, I'll let you go before I throw some stats out there for everybody. Yeah, I, I echo every single thing that Nate just said. It's I feel like a lot of people that say the I'm not saying the people that say Mike Trout isn't clutch don't know what they're talking about because I know there's going to be someone that says, I know what I'm talking about. I don't think Mike Trout's clutch. But I think to a certain extent, I've had conversations with, you know, casual conversations with people and they're like, you know, Mike Trout had this opportunity or he's supposed to be clutch, blah, 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 blah. And those are the kind of people that don't understand the things that like Nate just brought up second and third, there's one, two, two down. You're not going to pitch to him. There's literally zero reason to pitch to him. And the, a lot of the people that bring that up, I feel like don't understand those kinds of things. But I think another thing that a lot of people don't understand too, is the people that are the superstars of the game. I feel like they get the short end of the stick when it comes to failures if Matt Theis were to come up and hit a go-ahead home run in that same exact situation, it would be like, 
wow. And it would be borderline unexpected, kind of like Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb hit that homer. I'm not going to lie. I was more shocked and taken off guard than when Mike Trout came up and hit the homer. It's almost as if you get expectations of greatness from the superstars. And when they don't live up to it in that very moment, it's a bigger letdown than if Jake Lamb were to go up and strike out in a clutch situation. So these guys that are superstars kind of get the short end of the stick because you, you know, they're super. Exactly. You expect, you expect it. And ultimately at the end of the day, people need to remember even Mike Trout, when he's hot, you're talking a success rate of getting a hit of 30 to 40%, maybe 50% when he's really hot and in like a two week stretch. So people need to remember that baseball more than any other sport has the highest failure rate than any other sport on the planet and still be a superstar. So I, Mike Trout is clutch. He's clutch. And anybody who disagrees with that, we should look at the numbers. Jared, you have them. Jared, I did look up some numbers too, by the way. Harper and Judge last year in late close innings, late games close or late innings close games. He hit uh, Harper was two fifty one. Judge was two forty one average wise. Harper at three homers, Judge hit seven, but still he struck out a bunch of times. Trout right now is hitting over three hundred with a homer in late close games. So that it is what it is. No. I didn't. I'm with you on that, you know, and I think it's the Mike Trout effect. We've talked about it before. Mike Trout is so good. And I think this is where we get into like, yes, the angels haven't developed, but when you develop a Mike Trout, you know, you develop one, one of, if not the best players of all time, you expect that all the time, you know? And um, when somebody baseball is a game of failure, we don't need to go into this, but 70% of the time, like Brock said, yeah, he's not going to do it, but that 30% of the time, we're going to let you know he did it, you know. So uh, Mike Trout is clutch. Some more stats to back that up. Since 2015, in the seventh inning or later, um, 1,128 at-bats. He's two, 278 hitter, 424 on base, 561 slugging, 162 WRC plus, 61 home runs, 212 walks, like you mentioned. You get late in the games. People don't want to face Mike Trout very much. So there, there's that. Can you repeat that WRC plus again? 162. 162 pretty pretty impressive jeff had a jeff had some more stats too for you yeah. tying or go ahead and run at the plate on base ninth inning or later trout 223 play appearances 835 ops judge 116 at 810 ops harper 229 838 ops bets 199 906 and goldschmidt 286 952 ops so judge and harper either a little better or a little less and you can even say bets is even just barely a little better. So yep. it's pitching yeah. situations. It's huge. You guys both know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely hundred percent. And Mike Trout's not going to hit the pitches. I'm just going to keep throwing out a couple more stats and would love to know what everybody else thinks. If you're watching us on YouTube, drop in the comments below. Um, so since 2015, highest WRC plus minimum 300 plate appearances in high leverage situations per fan graphs. So that's not the seventh inning or later. It could be any time. Uh, as long as the WPA swings a certain level. Um, Mike Trout has a 171 WRC plus during that span. Next closest one, Josh Donaldson at 150. Bregman's at 149. Rizzo's at 145. Betts is 145. Harper's 143. Mike Trout also has the highest OPS uh, and the only player with a OPS above 1,000. He has a 1,055 OPS. Um, And then last stat here for you guys. in the seventh inning or later in high leverage situations, yes, Mike Trout has a 237 uh, 
uh, batting average, but he also has 59 walks, which again, uh, it's tough when you have nobody hitting behind you since 2015. This is the first year. So um, again, doesn't surprise me that he, he did this huge win though for the angels there on uh when was that is it tuesday was it tuesday game wednesday night wednesday night game that was a fun game that was a fun game to watch as well i know tawny didn't pitch all that well which brings me up to something a little bit different something i didn't think we'd talk too too much about but not hitting the panic button we'll probably never hit the panic button with shohei otani uh are you a little bit worried about otani he's had two really bad innings um in his past two starts where he's given up nine runs in just those two innings Gave up five uh, in his start previous to this against Oakland, I think. Uh, and then four in one inning against uh, who they just played, St. Louis. I, I'm not like I said not worried about Shohei Otani, not worried at all. But want to get any thoughts, see if anybody has any ideas before I say my two cents there. Brock, I'll start with you, man. No, I'm not worried. I think uh, I think they even brought it up on the broadcast too, which is a really good point. Or maybe it was Nate, the last podcast. I don't remember. Either way, someone brought up how, how being – uh, ace on a rotation a big part of that is is if you have bad moments in a start that you're able to bounce back and we saw that very prevalently i don't know if that's a word prevalently i'll make it a word in the a start when he came out and i think he went two or three more innings after that bad inning and it was great mm-hmm. so the the bounce back was more telling to me the shutdown the actual too. exactly yeah. exactly way more telling to me than um the the bad inning and I don't recall yesterday. I know I think he only threw five uh, on his start against St. Louis. Um, and he had the one bad inning where he gave up four. But he still struck out 13 guys. Like, that's it, it's it's almost incredible that you can give up four in an inning, pitch five innings, and you're still striking out 13 guys. Yeah. And he's still carrying a 2-5 ERA even with those two bad innings. So over the long term – we look back at the end of the year and he's carrying a, a two to three ERA in that ballpark. And he has a ridiculous K nine. We're not going to look back and be like, well, those two bad innings, you know, like I'm kind of worried about him. Like we're not going to be thinking about him. So hopefully he had, he keeps bouncing back when he has a bad inning and hopefully those bad innings get reverberated to, to one or two, three runs in the inning and not having blow up innings like that. Because then if there's one day where he's feeling off and he can't bounce back, that's where it's going to be an issue. He, he can't bounce back, and now he's having a three-inning or a four-inning start because he had a bad inning in inning three or four. So hopefully um, he continues to do what he's doing and can figure out why he's having these blow-up innings and keep it, you know, limited damage, you know. But, no, I, I'm, I'm not worried at all. I, I feel like kind of curious what Nate has to say on this. But, uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna steal Nate's thunder, by the way, because um, I'm gonna go first before him. I think I think I know what he's gonna say. I know what Nate, <laughs> I think we've talked about this a couple times before. I don't think Otani's pitched all that well this year. I think like the numbers, yeah, I, I think the numbers say that he has. Re- he really has. And like if you watch every single one of his starts, he hasn't been bad. He's disgusting. Like it's it's the bit like if I was writing up a scouting report on on Shohei Otani and he was pitching like this in the minors and everybody looked at his numbers like why isn't he up? I'd be like. When he is, it's the same thing as Ben Joyce. When he is on, he is unhittable. When he is slightly off, he's still unhittable, right? Like he's, we, we saw it, 13 strikeouts um, against the Cardinals. Didn't have his, didn't have his best inning, right? When he's bad, he's bad. You know, like he, he gets shellacked. He's had two bad innings where he gets shit on, you know, like he's given up home runs. He's like against Oakland. That shouldn't happen against Oakland. Um, I think it's a little bit of an underrated team. I like Soderstrom. I like a couple of those guys there. 
Um, but that's just me as a minor league, the guy, minor like, league players, as a minor, as minor league guy, I like some of their minor league players. Yes. Um, but you don't like any of their major league players, but well, I said, I like Sauter's term. Isn't Sauter, didn't Sauter's no. hit a tanker? Well, R- Rucker, Rucker has been hitting very well too. With I think tank. Rooker hit a homer off of him too. Rooker, Rooker hit the tank. And then yeah. who was the, uh, who's, who's the other catcher? Langoliers. Langoliers. That's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. Sauter's term. Yeah, still in triple A, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Lang- no, Langoliers is solid. The Langoliers and Rooker are the best hitters on that team. Minor league guy here. I'm sorry, but regardless, Nate, I'm sorry. I still I stole your thunder because I, I still think it's the same thing. Like, I think that Shohei Otani has pitched good enough to get wins, good enough to be a really freaking good pitcher. But like, if you watch him, if you watch him enough this year, he really hasn't pitched all that good. He's been extremely wild. Let's call it effectively wild because of how much his stuff moves. And he's got 18 pitches, so you really don't know what's coming. But when he's bad, like we've seen these last two innings that he's had. It's been really bad. He's also thrown this this uh the sweeper a lot more than I'd like to see. You know, get back to get back to the splitter. I don't know if he can throw that that much with the elbow or if people if he's worried about that, you know, especially especially with uh free agency looming, I would maybe think about him maybe being a little weary throwing the splitter because if he gets hurt, he might not be getting paid quite as much. I mean, it's still no Shohei Otani, but a second Tommy John, that's that's tough. Um, and strikeouts mean a lot. Stuff plus means a lot right now in in this world that we're in. So, I, it it wouldn't surprise me if he's kind of holding back a little bit. That's a weird thing to say, and I'm not accusing him of this. But like the more I talk about it, it kind of is weird that it kind of adds up like that. But he's disgusting. He's disgusting. And when he's been on, he's unhittable. You know. So I'm I'm not worried about him. It's just it would be great for him, you know, to throw a couple more pitches and not get uh, sweeper happy. So. Nate, go ahead. Yeah, you did go steal ahead. my thunder there. I know, I know. I wanted to say end. it. I wanted to sound smart. Um, first, no, I, I almost said it just to piss you off. I'm like, <laughs> hey, maybe he's tipping his pitches. Maybe that's why he's getting hit. No, shut no, up. he's not just, tipping his pitches. Just shut up and let no. him pitch. You know, they, they won games. They win the games. I That's all I yeah. care about is they won, they won the game. Um, with, with Shohei, I'm not worried. The biggest thing with him is he – He's getting really two pitch happy, and yes, he is. The, the slider and sweeper are getting, you know, or whatever you want to call it, sweeper and curveball. They're getting very, very similar ish, where guys are able to kind of see spin and know uh, what to swing it and what not to. So I would like to see him mix it up a little bit and throw a couple more. Um, I don't know what is. I don't know what his percentage of s- sweeper is, but it's almost a pitch. Like I know it's disgusting, but if you sit on it long enough, I'm sure you see that up. It's like a curveball in a sense, you yeah. know, you really start seeing that spin. I would assume. Yeah. So I, I would just like to see him throw a couple more pitches. Uh, maybe, maybe a splitter here and there, just, just something else to, to keep guys off balance because it, it really does feel like it's a lot of fastballs sweeper. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I think, honestly, I, I think he should stop calling pitches. Um, I, I think that I Chad trust, Wallach, Chad Wallach, Wallach can call a game. Yeah, Chad Wallach him. is fine. Obviously, if we have Matt Dice behind there, then yeah, let him call his own game. But Chad Wallach is a good enough veteran catcher to call a game. If you don't trust Chad Wallach to call a game, then we're we're in big trouble. So, I I think that honestly, it would probably help him to let Chad mm-hmm. Wallach call the game just one time. To give Sanchez. him time to uh, just pitch, you know, not worry about, oh man, I, I got to call this pitch because this, no, just like let Wallet call the game and just throw whatever he calls. So I, I'm not really worried. No, neither am I. I um, mean, 
Brock, you brought up a fantastic point. I was just about to go to this. And I just want yes or no's from you guys because I actually think it's gonna I think it's gonna happen. So it's a yes from me. Um, moving on to Gary Sanchez. Angels have been linked to Gary Sanchez. They were linked to him before the season. I think this is a fantastic time to sign him. I, I don't know what he brings defensively, but he's a veteran presence. He has a good arm, uh, and he's gonna be able to hit a little bit. Plus, Phil Nevin knows him a little bit because of the Yankees days. Um, so there is that connection as well. So just want simple yes or no. Uh, you can throw in your two cents if you want, but do you think, do you think the angels will sign Gary Sanchez? Yes. And I, I think, I think so too, to touch just on what Nate just said with wallet calling a game, I think with Ohapi's injury potentially being out for the rest of the season, I know he's talked about potentially coming back. We all know how that tends to work out sometimes not trying to be negative Nate here, but sometimes we get told that and it's a lot different. So I think Gary Sanchez does come to the halos and, and I think that he brings that veteran presence. And I think for the right price, it would be a great addition with him and wallet kind of anthice, I guess, to maybe potentially sharing time there throughout the span of the year. I just don't know what happens with that roster spot. I would imagine Oh man, I don't even know what they would do with that. Uh, well, gets I, they probably DFA. Yeah. Velasquez Wait, what? Thice gets DFA. Oh, Thice gets DFA. So, I mean, even then, I mean, it it sucks because you know, even when we brought up Thice's catcher interference games before, I even kind of defended him a little bit. I've liked his bat, but I just I think as a catcher, unless you're going to be JT Romuto, and I, dude, I loved Ohapi, but to a certain extent, with with our pitchers being as volatile as they are, I think at least that's my opinion. I think having a, a, a good defensive catcher that can call a game behind the plate is going to be more important to me than getting an Ohapi level bat. And I think Gary Sanchez, obviously, if he's on, he can give an Ohapi level bat. He's going to hit terribly for average, but he's going to give you hopefully a homer sometimes when you need one. So I think Gary Sanchez might be a good bet. And, uh, you know, I, what, what are we going to be paying him? Four million? The league minimum. Hopefully not. That oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. So we're paying him league minimum. So it's... I don't see why not. What, what, what's what's the con here? Yeah, yeah. He just he just came off signing with the the Giants on a minor league contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't sign a minor league contract somewhere else, or if anything was a major league contract. Um, but I, I I do think the Angels do get him. Nate, what's our major league minimum now that the new CBA is like seven hundred or something? Eight twenty. Eight twenty. Eight something like that. Seven. I, I don't so. I think they they try to get him. I don't think they get him. I think there's a bad taste in his mouth from what happened this offseason. I think he would I think the Angels were the mystery team like they always were. Uh with Gary Sanchez, the team who said, Hey, we're gonna sign you. Ooh, uh you know what? Our Bally Sports thing ain't gonna work out. We don't have the money. Sorry about it. No thanks. I do think the Angels were the mystery team. I think Jared and I talked about that a little bit. I think he's got a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth from his agent having to deal with that saying like, Hey, here's the contract. Let's get her done. And then, Ooh, never mind, No, thanks. So I think there's going to be somebody else who gives him an offer. Um, I, I'm not going to speculate on who it is, but there, there's going to be other teams interested in him, but I would sign him. Like I, I would not be upset if the angels sign him. I just don't think the angels get him because of the sour taste in his mouth from the way that things went on this off season. We will just wait and see because you know he's going to sign with somebody. So, Brock, me and you are just going to kind of sit back here with this next question that I have for you guys. Last question before we get on to a little bit of you know previewing this next series. 
This is going to be Nate's segment here. What should the Angels do with Aaron Loop? Take it away, Nate Green. Just check my Twitter. I don't think you need anything else on that. Uh, DFA him, cut him, tell him thanks, but no thanks. Pack his bags for him. I don't care. Get him off the freaking roster. He should not be near the roster. Put a magnet in his in his glove that doesn't allow him near Angel Stadium. I don't care. Dude should not be allowed in the Angels clubhouse ever again. That's all you got. It's, that's it. You're not going to go. All, that's that's all I need. Like I, I am. I'm I'm the last person that says DFA somebody, especially on a team uh, like the Angels. Don't forget Actually, eight and a half million. I know eight and a half million mm-hmm. that you're not trading eight and a half million. Um, no, I'm just bringing up the the fact no, that we paid him eight and a half million. No, I I I know it. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Eight and a half million. Yes, I think he was making. He's making about eight and a half mil. Um, it might be eight. Yeah, totally yeah. Oh, today uh, today's game was kind of the break the 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 final straw for me in my opinion with with the Aaron Loop thing. It, it like you and I know I know you you didn't talk me into it at all. I, it's just it's one of those things where yes, you're paying him eight and a half million, so you expect him to pitch well. You really do. You expect him to be at least a point uh, seven win pitcher. Uh, fan just wise or like something like that. Yeah, you, you don't have a spot for him to pitch, right? He came in in the fifth inning, which I don't think sixth inning used in the sixth inning of today's today's game in a seven run game and couldn't get out of the inning. So you can't put him in low leverage situations right now. You definitely aren't putting him in a high leverage situation uh, if you can't get outs in that low leverage situa- situation. Though again, this today I didn't think he was used in the right way. I thought they should have brought Davidson in and saved the bullpen. They went and used five different relievers after that. And uh, we don't need to really get into that too much because we can just break that down. Um, but I don't want to be, you know, negative Nancy or negative Nate over here with, uh, with the bullpen usage of today, they won games and I'm extremely happy. But that being said, yeah, Aaron loop wouldn't surprise me if they, if they DFA him. Um, I think that you were seeing some type of, uh, some type of feel in the angels bullpen at the moment. And it's, it's working for him. Some I said some type. I said some type. I didn't see say something great, but Aaron Loop is really not fitting in that mold. You have Silseth, you know, that's pitching late in games. You have Matt Moore who's pitching late in games. Carlos Estevez has really stepped into that closers role. <clears throat> closers role. Closers role. Did you just say closer? I did say closers role. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you, yeah. You're you don't even believe in that. Okay. No, I don't. Um, but I think you have an established seven, eight, seven, eight, nine right now. I think if you bring up somebody like Ben Joyce. You know, and and you really secure that back end of that bullpen. I become a lot less worried. You know, you have Tucker Davidson who looks real good, uh, not in the high leverage, but in a in situations where you need to get outs because your starter couldn't get deep into a game. That's where I thought actually I thought he should have been used today, and you didn't have to burn as much bullpen up. But um, but yeah, I mean the the bullpen's looking interesting at the moment. You know, it took a month to kind of sort it all out. It sucks that Kiata has to have Tommy John. We didn't really mention that. Um, but again, the angel swept and I'm not going to really nitpick anything at all. With that being said, let's look forward to this Texas Rangers series, big series, even though we are in, are in may, the top two teams in the AL West, I believe if I'm not mistaken, facing off against each other, the Texas Rangers do not have any starters out at the moment, at least from what I can find. I looked all over Twitter. I don't see it. Do you have starting pitchers? Do you know where they're at? Uh, Dane Dunning is scheduled to start tomorrow. Evaldi okay. is scheduled to start. Uh, last I time I, checked, I thought it was Saturday. Um, you don't have them. I know you don't. 
Um, I do. It's not on. It's not on the MLB app, which I usually is where they get them from. So I mean, I'll, I'll trust Evaldi you on this. Evaldi starting one. Saturday. So you go. So you go. Dun- Dunning. Yeah. So you go Dunning against Anderson. <laughs> Who do we got there, fellas? This is a this is this is an easy one for me, Brock. I'll start with you. Or I can go if you got to think about it longer. Or you're muted. What do we got going on here, guy? Sorry, I was muted. I lied. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, uh, I think I think Rangers will probably take game one. Ooh, I, I'm a good I, I, I personally haven't liked Anderson lately, even though his stat line was was his stat line looked better last game. I don't I don't have faith in Anderson tomorrow. Pitched pitched well. Tough to see the lefty in Angel Stadium, Nate. I know you love that comment. Um, I'm gonna go with the Rangers as well. I think you know the the Angels are playing good baseball, but not quite that good enough. Nate, what do you got? Yeah, it's it's stunning. Rangers win. Anderson doesn't I, I don't trust Anderson at all. Evaldi's going game two on Saturday. Evaldi against Detmers. Kind of a fun matchup there anytime. It Detmers is a very pitches. fun matchup. What? I said it is a fun matchup. Yeah, it's a fun matchup. Uh Evaldi's pitched well against the Angels in the past. Uh, the, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think this is going to come down to a come down to the bullpen, and I think that the Angels have slightly better bullpen at the moment if it's used right. If it's used right, said Nate. If it's used right, all right. I look right down at you there. If it's used right, I think the Angels have a slightly better bullpen at the moment. So I'll, I'll take the Angels in like an extra inning walk off game or something weird like that. Um, Nate, what do you got? This one's tough for me. I. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Angels here. I think Evaldi dominates for seven, uh, but the bullpen blows it for the Rangers. I agree with you. I think the bullpen does blow it a little bit. Detmer's pitch is good enough to keep him in the game. He's not gonna be like super sharp where it's like seven shutty, but maybe he goes five, gives up one, and then the Angels just chip away seven, eight, seventh and eighth and win the game. Detmer's has kind of been that uh that not Jose Suarez. Wow. Has, has kind of been no. Uh, Detmers has kind of been that uh, Shohei Otani type thing where he's had one bad inning um, in each of his each almost every start it feels like gave the grand slam um, gave a couple other runs and and obviously some other games there so if you can stay away from that bad inning I like the Angels there uh, Brock you got the same thing or how are you feeling yeah I'm gonna do Angels I'm gonna take a little bit of a different approach uh, than Nate did I think we're gonna pull a Flaherty on Uvalde and we're gonna score early. And we're going to score big and then we're going to get shut down for a while. So I'm going to say maybe four to six runs and he still throws like six innings. And then uh, Denver's will throw well and then have another bad inning and then we'll put it within one or two. And then we'll touch the bullpen up and win by one or two. Back or forth there. Sounds good. And then the Sunday game, Jose Suarez. Do you even need a Rangers starter in that game? Jose Suarez is pit. He has. Do you need a Rangers starter in that game? Hold on. Jose Suarez has thrown seven straight shutout innings. You shut your mouth about Jose Suarez and leave him alone. Do, do you oh, I need him Rangers? good, baby. I got him on my fantasy team. This Jose oh, no. You have Suarez on your fantasy team? I picked him up for this start because that's how much faith I have. Drop him. I However, would drop no, him. I, no. I have faith. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I am the say-all, be-all here. It I'm is not Martin letting you Perez, two guys answer way, this. Just for those of you wondering, it is Martin <sighs> Perez versus Jose Suarez. I couldn't have been gray or something. John Gray got pushed back to Monday. Uh, it was Martin Perez. Martin Perez has thrown the ball really well this year. Not a lot of strikeouts. Um, pitched well, 2.41 ERA, I believe. 4-1 and one in his starts this year. Has done well against my favorite pitcher, Jose Suarez. Of Gordito. course, 
I am going to take the Texas. I hit, if you would have said anybody, I, if you would have said anybody else besides Martin Perez, I would have said Jose Suarez shuts it out. It's going to come down to the bullpen again, though. I think Suarez is going to continue to pitch well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I think he's going to continue his hot hand. He's going to walk a couple guys. We're going to say, ah, he's earned another start. But, uh, but it's yeah, gonna I mean, be, no. It's going to be five innings, four runs, and we're going to be sitting here arguing about do we give him another no, start? No, no, no. If that that's kind of start, if I'm, I'm just saying if that kind of start, <laughs> if that kind of start happens again, if that kind of start happens again, you need to go away from him. You need to. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be one of those where it's like, oh, he gave up one run through four. Oh, in the fifth inning, give up three runs. Try. Eh, all right. Do run him back all out there. Right. One more You're time. done. It wasn't bad. You're sure done. Be done, Nate. Be done, Brock. I don't even want to hear from you anymore. Okay, Nate. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go take it, take it away with your fantasy starters here. All right, no, 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 no. All right, I'm gonna say the opposite, exact opposite of what Nate said. Nate said Uvaldi was gonna dominate for seven innings in game two. I'm gonna say, God, come on, Suarez is gonna dominate for seven innings on Sunday night. Okay, Sunday. He's gonna dominate. I know it. Okay, Martin Perez is also going to dominate for six or seven innings. Okay. I'm going to get six or seven, one or two earned runs less than for each starter. And then Sunday night for the finale, it's going to be a bullpen seven, eight, nine for sure. And it's going to be another close game. And I think angels are going to edge it out and take the series two out of three. Yeah. It's yeah. just one of seven that night, that afternoon, by the way. Yeah. One, one seven game, tough time seeing righties during the day there in Anaheim. It's supposed you to mean be lefties. <laughs> it's, uh, you mean yes. lefties. Yes, that's fine. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I, I think it's going to come down to the bullpen. I'll, I'm going to give it Martin Perez in that one, I think. Um, and then we see panic and what about your guy? I, I'm just letting you know, I think you're that, a huge Jose Suarez fan. I think that's, hey, I think DF, somebody... DFA loop move DFA loop, get Suarez back down. If he has another bad start, which hope not move sell Seth to the, to that sixth spot, bring Joyce up to fill bullpen spot and then uh who would who would be the other guy fill the other spot What's i'm brain what? farting i think you got because it. you'd be moving still set suarez and loop yeah because it's suarez, you bring suarez you bring is out joyce of options in, right and you bring joyce yeah you bring up joyce there you go you there said you brought up choice so once that's what i was talking about all right, all right. With all that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and watching us here on YouTube. If you could go ahead and subscribe wherever you are listening or watching, you can go ahead and follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and check us out at talkinghalos.com. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's Nate at Nate Green34 and Brock at BDROX8. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.